Hello, yes, you're very welcome to episode 10 of Higher Fidelity, the official 10th episode with me, Peter. Me, Evan. And me, Ross. Eagle-eyed listeners will notice that there's been a bit of a gap since our last upload. Uh, that's due to the lockdown restrictions in place in Ireland. The government basically forbade us from being together to record these episodes. Barbados. But in the meantime, in between that, we did do live episodes, which is why I say official 10th episode, because we did some live episodes on Zoom, but I, it, it, they are not canon, not part of the series. <laughs> They're part of the fan theory uh, episodes 9A and 9B. Yes, exactly. Yeah. At pains to reiterate that they are not canon. Those were there, know why. But, <laughs> so yeah, we hosted live episodes on Zoom because obviously we couldn't publish our normal episodes, uh, ruining our miraculously consistent spotless streak of always having something out every two weeks. Mm. Yeah, we we, we um, put them up online, we put an invite online saying, hey, look, if you want to join us live episodes, send us your email, they sent us their emails, we sent them out an email with all the info regarding what sections we were going to do, and then we did a live episode where we did the sections and they took part. Seemed like a good idea. Yes. Seemed. A lot more controversy in those ones than these ones. There was a few bad strawberries intent <laughs> on ruining the pavlova. <laughs> of course, we're joking. We're very grateful to the people who signed up and said to come along. And this, the secrets and stories foretold in those two episodes will remain as part of the 36 people that were involved. Not canon. We're going to avoid lockdown language. Yes. This is not the new normal. Covid lingo limbo. We're not going to end up there. Hmm. Don't think so, chaps. No point. No. We're going to talk about something far more contagious yeah, huh? than Covid-19. Don't say music. Normal People. Oh, oh okay. Oh, Thank yeah. God. <laughs> Normal People is a TV show about two Irish teenagers in Sligo who are in an on-and-off relationship, a boy and a girl, and then the show is all about the trials and tribulations they face as their power dynamic uh, is reversed when they go from Sligo to Trinity College. Fairly standard teenage fair. Now, this show, in the two months since its release, has enjoyed a level of success, controversy, and cultural ubiquity normally reserved for events like the moon landing and Live Aid. <laughs> Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot move for articles, trailers, ads, posts about the thing, shitty fan accounts. Paparazzi, GAA, short pics. Richard E. Grant is a huge fan. Tom Hanks absolutely loves it. The Kardashians yeah. are tweeting about it. Uh, America has gone gaga over Sligo. <laughs> and gaga. Gaga over gaga. <laughs> uh, who's the queen of Gaelic football? Lady Gaga. <laughs> if there's a GAA radio station, the slogan could be, all we hear is Radio Goo Goo, Radio Gaga. You can't, you can't escape it. It, is, uh, it has made overnight stars of its two leads, Paul Meskell and Daisy Edgar Jones. Their names liveth forevermore these, from now on. These kids are huge. We went from Ballyhonus to yeah. In My Face all the time. Yeah, anybody from anybody listening, not from Ireland, that Paul Meskell guy was in a, a, a sausage rasher ad. Denny. Manufacturers of pig the meat. The sausage ad. That we all knew him from. And so when it came out, we were like, oh, that's that Ballyhonus sausage lad. Yeah. I don't think it's unfair to say that the show is bigger than the Beatles and by extension, Christ himself. Yeah. <laughs> it is inescapable and unavoidable. And the runaway success of the show is made all the more bitter for the fact that I was almost cast in the lead role. You were down, you were whittled right down. Now, you know me, I don't like to see anybody enjoying success. No, or doing well in anything. Let alone it being at the expense of my career. <laughs> Running this time last year when we, when we were rapping on Rocketman. We were rapping up that. That's whole. with a W in front of it now, rapping, not, we weren't rapping on Rocketman. I was uh, asked to put a self-tip forward for this t- Irish TV show that was coming out based on a book, sorry, by Sally Rooney. Uh, bought the book, read the book, did all my research, went along, did a self-tip. They called me back a few months later for an audition in Dublin. I went to the audition in Dublin. Uh, then went to an audition in London, went for a screen test, spoke with the director a few times, talked with him about the arc, the, the arc I saw the character taking, what my ideas for the character were, which amounted to, I think you should cast me as the character. <laughs> and there was talk of like, you know, they were asking me, you know, what is your availability for the sum- for shooting over the summer? There was also, um, I was CC'd in a few emails where a sentence used to describe me was, he's such a part of the world that the show inhabits. Now, this is the type of rhetoric that was being thrown around. <laughs> and I'm not going to get into the ins and outs of it. 
they were wrong and I was robbed. Mm. Oh, clearly. When the show came out, it was obviously a blistering success. The, the second it went up on the BBC Three website, everyone went, oh, this is the show I've been waiting for my entire life. I emailed my agent, uh, Louise, and said, hey, look, this is doing really well. Isn't that gas? <laughs> and uh, That's something else. What about that? Mm. And uh, she said, oh, Pete, I think you might have dodged a bullet because, you know, there's like full frontal nudity in episode four. That was said in an attempt to console me. Who did she think she was talking <laughs> yeah. to? I'd have gone full frontal in the audition if it had got me the part. Uh, and this is the thing, being naked on telly is the dream I didn't know I had mm. until it was taken away. Yeah. Like like getting your bum waxed, I had the rug pulled out from under me. Getting your your hole dyed, or whatever <laughs> that thing is. Banal bleaching. I only bleached involuntarily when I heard that I didn't get it and then <laughs> saw what happened to me. Now, there's more to this. Around the same sort of time, I auditioned for a film called Beards. The project at the time was called Beards. Yeah, working title? Working title, yeah. Which was about two Irish teens in the 90s. A boy and a girl, they're both gay. They agree to be each other's boyfriend and girlfriend beards if you will to quell any rumours of them being homosexual in, in, in 90s Ireland and then the show was all about the dynamic power reversal of their relationship and the trial of tribulations when they moved to another town so again you can see a pattern in the roles <laughs> yeah, that I'm yeah. being offered and I only auditioned twice for it it wasn't as sure a thing as I thought normal people was but I thought oh, it's yeah. good to have a good no we can't, stre- I- we can't stress you made it far in the process for normal people like the film then came out this other film the Beards film its name changed to Dating Amber it was released on Amazon Prime a few days ago right Yeah. it's generating and it sickens me to say this Oscar buzz. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, and the really annoying thing is that the main prick in this film is a side bollocks in the TV show, right? <laughs> so, so it's all a big fucking boys club that didn't let me in. Little nepotiz. Yesterday's, yeah, little nepotiz, yo Yama's fucking cousin. <laughs> Yesterday's side bollocks is today's fucking Oscar buzz. Yeah. And- so, I don't think it's too much to ask that even like one or two of the editions that I didn't get don't go on to be massive global smashes and yeah. cultural touchstones for future generations. I don't think yeah. that's fucking unreasonable, right? And now they're all off doing the chat shows. They're doing your Nortons and your Late Lates and breakfast shows. They're doing Kimmel Fannel, Corden Conan. Like they're doing all of them, right? <laughs> and again, in a pathetic attempt to console me, people have been saying like, oh, but Peter, like, you've been on Letterman. You did Conan. You've, you've been on telly. You've kind of done that before. And I say, fuck all that. I want it again. <laughs> and I want it now. <laughs> you've been on the Letterman stage. You've been on the Conan stage. And those people, they've had to do it over Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, like, other than that, yeah, I'm totally chill out. Oh, yeah. Just sitting at home, filming myself, reading a zine. Yeah. That I write myself. <laughs> like, let's face it, lads. I'm yesterday's news. Chump change. <laughs> I'm dime store sushi. <laughs> I haven't said that about normal people. You know, the entire world is going absolutely nuts about it and saying, this is my absolute life. This is everything. Every day of my life, this is the truest, most rawest interpretation of, like, everything I've ever experienced and felt. I do think the only people in the world that probably can't honestly relate to the content of that programme are in the room right now. Yeah, this is the thing. Again, they were looking for like, it's a really true to earth, realistic, like, do we have to find these emotions in these people and things like that? And they're saying it's all about the period of leaving third year and then going to college. Yeah, yeah, What yeah. bit of school have you not been a part of, Peter? Um, <laughs> it's a bit where I do my leave at certain school to college. <laughs> yeah, everybody is crimping their nuts about how realistic it is and I'm sitting at home going, I've never experienced anything. <laughs> I don't relate to anything about this. This is so alien to me. The most relatable thing in it, though, actually, was that a middle-aged Irish woman said, appreciate on the phone in the episode I saw. Yes. So I was like, fuck that, maybe, maybe that is my life, but the rest of it isn't. All the stuff I auditioned for, like I did, a, I did a Lynx Sport ad. Yeah, I, I was there. I was there. Is that going to win an Addy? Or what's what are the awards <laughs> oh, for? Oh, definitely will. Any crippling disappointments in the lockdown for you lads at all? Uh, Apart from just in myself. Oh, you know, all our um, heartbreak has been internal, or <laughs> yeah. trauma has been internalized, brain related, maybe. <laughs> Probably no, but um, I've had a very boring lockdown. Really boring. Oh my god. 
<laughs> well, I, you know, the, the Spider-Man and Sam Raimi trilogy got rewatched in all our presences in the last couple of weeks, so it wasn't a complete waste of time. <laughs> you know, you can say that. We watched Spider-Man 3 last night, Ross, you weren't here because you were with your GF. Again, that's that's the path you take in life. You either you either watch Spider-Man projected onto a wall at midnight or hang out with your girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. But again, something not to, not bang on about Spider-Man 3, but I noticed, <laughs> <laughs> I noticed another glaring plot hole in it, in that MJ keeps asking in the first act of the film, keeps saying to Peter, what's up with you and Harry? What's, are you guys okay? What's the story there? Mm. She knows Peter Spider-Man, and Harry Harry won't shut up about the fact that Spider-Man killed his dad. That's so then true. MJ would look at that and go, oh, well, obviously Peter's weird with Harry because he knows that Harry wants to accuse him of killing his dad. This is even before Harry knows Peter Spider-Man. Mm. Well, maybe it's not a plot hole because MJ in that movie is a buckethead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if I'm using that term right. Or- it sounded derogatory. I think you are. Well, as I, I last night described that film to Pete, we finished watching it and I said that film was a fucking balancing act. And it absolutely <laughs> yeah. is. That there's so much, so many plates being spun. Yeah. There's like everything at the same time and it's fucking brother is happening in that film. <laughs> there's so many like plot threads that just go nowhere or things that come in in the middle. As I say, like it's fucking like Eddie Brock decides he hates Peter Parker like an hour and a half into a two hour film and then becomes Venom before the end of it. Spoiler alert. The third time that Eddie Brock meets Peter as and they're in the same room is when he gets absolved by the symbiote that's the third yeah, time yes. he- and he's already asking Jesus to, to kill, kill him, him. <laughs> I watched as well uh, a load of interviews with Cliff Robertson this morning the lad who plays Uncle Ben who uh, legend oh, I, I fell hard in love mm. with the man and as I said last night shame from 60s Batman I didn't know he won an Oscar I thought he was just like a legendary in-house actor that like all directors yeah. know and think is cool but never did anything but it's mad who his career is like in that film Charlie Shame in Batman. Forty-five years later, is in Spider-Man is Three. He did actually play JFK. I think he played like two or three presidents in different films. He played JFK in PT One Hundred Nine, which is a film Dad has on DVD. Right, it's the most tatsy film of all time. <laughs> it's during JFK's time in service. Like he does have a presidential look about him. And also, I watched JFK in lockdown. So anybody listening, watch JFK. It's fucking great. This is the thing that surprises me ever is that you like are, are a serious movie buff in that, but like your blind spots are so. No, glaring. I'd already seen JFK. No, no, but even like but like Apollo Thirteen. Oh yeah, like yeah. Alien. Like there were so many of them you had never seen before. Yes, that yes. I couldn't. Get I over. feel attacked. I got to Apollo thirteen within within the last eighteen months, but then Alien. Once we were allowed to hang out outside, the two of us watched Alien. So yeah. I haven't seen Alien or Apollo thirteen. They're they're amazing films. They're, they're so good. Films. There's a bit Ross uh, in Alien. It's I'm not going to spoil the plot for you. It's while we're watching, but there's a bit where they go to there's an alien nest with a load of eggs and things like that. There's aliens in it. Aliens in it. Yeah. Well, there's an alien. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Uh, John Hurt's in it as well, and he gets hurt. Sad face. Pepe hands. There's a bit where they come into where like, the big massive like mother nest is where all the eggs are, and there's blue beams coming out, right? Okay. Beams is in metal beams or beams is in laser beams? Laser beams. Okay. It's space. There's no metal beams oh, in sorry, space. Yeah. Le- all laser beams. I made Ev watch Alien just so I could tell him this fact, and the fact is there's blue beams coming straight out, right? They were borrowed from the Who's Won't Get Fooled Again live clip. Wow. They're the exact same lights. From the rig, like the lighting rig. Yeah, the production house they used was the same place. And the, the film was made in 78, 79. That's when the Who did that concert. They used the exact same lights. That's amazing. It's so cool. Fairly certain that means it was shot in Shepard Studios because the Who actually owned Shepard Studios in the year Alien was made. Um, I, th- I think, did I have anything else to say about normal people? Other than my crushing disappointment. And yeah, it's not that great. I keep thinking to myself, will I watch it, will I not? Mm. Uh, and I think once the dust has settled, if it ever does, <laughs> it looks like it won't. <laughs> during the end of that's happened now during our lockdown period, uh, talking to myself for a second, I'm just going to get a glass of water. Absolutely. Yes, please. Should we stick in some things for him to hear later when he's editing? Mm. Edit this bitch. <laughs> fuck, 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 fuck,
Ja. Sometimes you think it's even cooler than homework. Martha. Is that her name? Yeah. Nice. My bitter disappointments have been inflicted upon me by powers in the universe. Mm. Yours have just been internal machinations of yourselves. Yeah. My, You've uh, let yourselves down. Yeah, it's pretty frightening, sad. Frightening diseases of the mind. <laughs> right, should we just kick into it then? Yeah. Why not? Anybody got a quote from one of the movies we've been watching? Uh, oh, okay. All right. I'm going to put some dirt in your eye. This is Sonic Seconds. Brilliant. Spider-Man 3 all day, every day. Yes, this is Sonic Seconds where we each play two or three seconds from a song that we think just makes the track for us. I keep doing this. People are going to get like quadraphonic sound quality of me speaking into the mic when I do this. They can't even see what that, what, what this is, but I suppose you orbiting their head. Will... In, infer from the sonic information you're getting, what might I possibly be doing right now? The Samba? Don't think so. The Mamba? The Doppler effect? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Call this move the pan. The hard pan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, who wants to go first for Sonic Seconds? Let's keep it rock and roll, lads. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is Captain Handsome ordering you to rock and roll on that 45. I think I'll go first. I'm going to break the rules because it's not two or three seconds. Mine's a whole fucking chorus. Can you, um, first of all, just look at my recently played and call it out to the audience? Who wants to do it? I think Ross would be more disappointed, so I feel like you should. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's just the first two. Oh, my God. <laughs> High School Musical. Stone Age Romeo. I think that's in keeping with character. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, we, we discussed this in real life, and it was definitely over the course of the Zoom episodes of the podcast. I did feel like uh, the fact that we these days spend a lot of our time listening to comedy music, <laughs> uh, musical soundtracks, <laughs> yeah. novelty pop music from the seventies. Yeah. When I was listening to actual people with real um, passionate opinions on music, <laughs> give us their sonic seconds and stuff like that. I've been as passionate as as, as the next muso, but at this time in my life, it, I was like, God, I listen to just comedy music all yeah. day. Well, <laughs> I think like I think we've gone through the breach because we were like watching the Scorsese seven DVD. Martin Scorsese presents the blues. Yeah, when we were like thirteen. So we've like gone through that, and I've just like this thing. I've been obsessed recently with a song called Groovy, which is in the Scooby Doo direct-to-video uh, film Scooby Doo and the Alien Invaders, where Scooby and Shaggy fall in love with a woman that they meet in the desert and her dog. And the song breaks my soul. Yeah. It, it disrupts me when I hear it. And yeah. this thing on the podcast as well, what we learned about our audience, or what I liked about the, the Zoom thing, the one thing that was nice, other than the outrageously fucking badly mistimed, misjudged, ill-educated opinions, was <laughs> was the we would go from discussing like the in-depth details of the Phil Spector murder trial yeah. to who has more musical validity, Hannah Montana or Miley Cyrus. That was the spectrum that we covered in And it. that's what this podcast is all about. Anyway, Ross, where you go. There's a whole chorus, you said. It's a whole chorus. So it's a, it's a sonic... M- it's a monic minute, minute. That took way too long. That was really bad. We, we haven't been doing these for too long. I have, I've got out of the flow. But um, give us your monic minute. Stop talking over me. Okay. Talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's I like it just because I don't know. If, I don't even know if I like the song, but I love the chorus. It's like what's no, never mind. I'm just gonna play it. At the end is that wheel, yeah. <laughs> which I which I fucking love. Yeah, one of those wheels. Uh, That's gonna be a new segment. Now. We're gonna cut now to the Doppler effect. <laughs> one, two, three. Wheel. Nice. That was the Doppler effect. <laughs> uh, yeah. So th- that's B fifty twos. 
It is, yeah. Nineteen eighty nine. No, it's Love Shack. <laughs> oh, shit. When Pete said uh, that it, it better be rock and roll, whatever the hell he said, uh, you went, uh oh, right. Yes. I think the B fifty twos are about as rock and roll as it gets, and I'm being serious. I think they're like Devo in colour. Yeah. Yeah. No, all really cool influences, fucking great sense of humour, great crack. With us going, having gone through the music needs to be serious, having broached and breached it, yeah. uh, you can appreciate far more a band with a sense of humour, which is like, again, what I feel is lacking so much in music now is a band with a sense of humour. Like the late 70s, early 80s, wherever you had Ramones being hilarious, yeah. undertones, B-52s, uh, Devo having a sense of humour, like Dave Evans, all those, not Dave Evans has never laughed in his life. Um, <laughs> Nick Lowe being hilarious all this yeah. stuff again just bands having like a careless insouciance that is like almost damaging to their career yeah. Yeah. but they're so committed even though it's a bad business move kind of taking the taking the piss out of the fact that they even have enough interest in music to be in a band I've never listened to anything other than Love Shack and Rock Lobster and well my my sister has educated me on them quite a lot nice. uh, Private Idaho was a great track anybody everybody should is listen that to that, that is, the, is like the film My Own Private Idaho named after that or is a Private Idaho a thing independent of that film I think and it's na- when did the film come out? Before right now, anyway. Okay, okay. Is it a, like, 90s film or 2000? Uh, What's the aspect ratio and film quality of the film like? I could just tell you who's in it and then we'd be able to date it by that. You think people know the aspect ratio? It's River Phoenix, so it's definitely the 90s. It's oh, yes. It's definitely after the B-52 song, then. River Phoenix and Keanu Reeves. Oh, yeah, it came out in 1991. That's some duo. Great. And then Rodney Harvey as well. Chiara, this is off the top of my head. Chiara yeah. Caselli's in it. <laughs> William, William. <laughs> You're just remembering back to when you read the credits as you watched it. Yeah, William Rickert, Jim Caviezel. It's amazing how you remember that in, in order of appearance. Oh, I read a great thing online where someone said, I thought when uh, the end of films was said cast in order of appearance was rated on how good they looked. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's what they should do. On IMDb. I'd be top of the building, Rocket Man. <laughs> on IMDb, when it says the cast... It says something like first build only in brackets on every page for every film. What does that mean? Fuck's that about? <laughs> uh, great, okay. I mean, I'll go next for Sonic Seconds. Uh, mine comes from uh, Guided by Voices. I was like veering really close to like for Guided by Voices being one of my biggies for the last like month or two or like the last few months. Like it was happening. I could feel myself devolving into someone who was just a Guided by Voices eye. Like, I, I could feel them being the next big obsession. Yeah. But then just happened to just go oh man, I forgot about the Hoodoo Gurus and go back into them for a bit, right? Yeah, so like, as, they're like, as can happen. They're like a pacer band in between your, your big list. Fluffer. Fl- yeah, exactly. They're a filler. A fluffer is a very different thing. A fluffer is like... Uh, I know exactly what it was and I meant it. <laughs> they're keeping you entertained. <laughs> until... Nice. Just, yeah. like, incredibly lo-fi. These lads put out like five albums before an indie label even picked up the album. They just like distribute them locally in their own town and they're all school teachers. Really? Like, when they're about 34, an indie label picked up their album, released it, and then everyone went back and like the... Like, they bought the back catalogue but it's all done on uh, Tascam four track lads things in their in their bedrooms they have like great t- song titles as well like uh, Smothered in Hugs Hot Freaks The Gold Heart Mountaintop Buzzards and Dreadful Crows Echoes Myron Gold Star for Robot Boy things like that yeah. I like that one it implies you don't like the rest of them the track is called Hardcore UFOs I like that too my ideal uh, song title band name and genre I think uh, but listen to this middle bit <laughs> You probably didn't notice there. There's a guitar on the left-hand side, totally cuts out. It's just gone. For about six seconds. And it's at like the peak of the song. Like That's supposed to be like the complex climax of the track. Yeah. The guitar just totally cuts out. And they just don't, they don't do anything about it. And it's a really interesting case of like sonic self-destruction not backfiring. They, they were so committed to a low-take count. We're not even going to fix that guitar. That obviously, it sounds like the lead is just like pulled out in your mind. You can hear them go like... 
trying to plug it back in and then the guitar starts again mm. it's a mess yeah. I, don't, I don't even like the song I just like I just like the <laughs> just like that bit even if, if you flub a note you go oh, better do that again the guitar full on just is gone and it's the only guitar in the track it just cuts the drums and bass which are all panned to the right mm. that's 1964 level nobody listening to this is going to notice or care yeah but it's like Lennon not fixing his double track or Dr. Feelgood not singing the right lyrics uh, or it's like Weller in Slow Down deciding to sing the wrong lyrics over and over and over again Lennon in Slow Down uh, says boyfriend and girlfriend at the same, same time, time on yeah. uh, the, he goes now you got a little friend down the street <laughs> <laughs> but that's my Sonic Seconds uh, what about you speaking of like not actually like listening to music seriously anymore <laughs> mine comes from the Rubettes Sugar Baby Love that's that, a proper song what are you talking about well, it's a proper song but it's not like credible is, is it, it like, not is it not considered credible is that not no, a whole Spectre thing no no I mean like I love it and I think it's brilliant did he not do it though who what, what? Spectre not no, no, the fucking bass player from the Pete Best Four did it. You're telling me that a girl group from the... F- <laughs> no, the Rubettes, not the Ronettes. The Rubettes, the glam rock lads from the oh, 70s. Oh, heard Rubettes and went, obviously a girl group from the 50s. I was going, what the fuck was the prick from the Pete Best Four doing producing songs yeah. from the 50s of American bands? Yeah, these are ugly people in the 70s. <laughs> But I know the name though What do I know them from? Sugar Baby Love I've played it to you loads Oh Sugar Baby Love <laughs> Sugar Baby Love We were driving out to uh, Damien's I played it in the car loads that day Yeah you did and, um, It was a long drive Too much So this is part of my obsession I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast I'd be really surprised if I hadn't My 70s, 50s theory That it's the greatest fucking sub-genre That nobody's ever heard of ever Tell us in the comments If everyone hasn't said that before It's common 70s particularly Particularly glam rock Mid-70s Parody pastiche stuff Of 50s rock and roll Has become the main genre of music I've listened to in the last two months the other reason the world is shut down let's be real my fucking top five at the end of this year is going to be like Shawaddy Waddy Darts The Rubettes uh, Alvin Stardust yeah well, to be fair Sugar Baby Love I, think I like it oh yeah this isn't a cliche thing to say at all it's just great pop music it's the best kind of pop music there's <laughs> ever been it's a good pop song though great pop song it's a good pop song though and great wee pop song man it's just when pop was pop you know what I mean when pop wasn't about just appealing to stupid kids yeah. getting high on their whippets and ludes man pop music should be about people commenting on YouTube videos of Shawadi Buddy on top of the pops in the 70s going what happened to fun <laughs> What happened to when people used to laugh? Which is pretty much the Shawadi Wadi fan base. The Rubettes, Sugar Baby Love, 1974. This song was number one in the UK charts for many weeks at the time. Sold three million copies worldwide. It has this absolutely like heartbreakingly brilliant but also hilarious moment in it. So this song, I love this song. It breaks my heart and makes me feel all happy but also I think it's really funny. <laughs> right, you ready? One, two, three... Shawadi. Nailed it. That really gives me a lot of pleasure. The Like a kind of orgasm of hilarity and passion. Great. It's actually genuinely impressive. The man who fucking did the vocals in this track has like something like a four octave range in well, his vocals. I have a quarter of an octave. Okay, great. That was um, Sonic Seconds. Finish that with another Spider-Man 3 quote. Uh, a really plain one. We go with, uh, like, not a very famous one at all. Your Uncle Ben was a knockout in his bathing suit. That was Sonic Seconds. Sonic <laughs> Seconds! <laughs> Was that's actually said? Yeah, when Peter says it, or no fucking um, Peter says it. Yeah, yeah, fucking MJ says it. (laughs) Right, okay, we're into one. We'll finish later. Uh, Another Spider-Man three quote. Hold on, now we got this. Uh, You want forgiveness? Get religion. This is one. We'll finish later. Very good. When you listen to chronic procrastinators, you get to hear ones we'll finish later. Brilliant. Yeah, this is one. We'll finish later. as soon as the lockdown was lifted and we were allowed to meet up outside again uh, I came in here with a little four track cassette recorder that I bought and we just knocked together a, a, a little track recorded it shot a little video for it that isn't released yet don't know what we're going to do with it uh, but we're going to we're going to play it for you now just in its acoustic raw format one two three four 
Close my teeth and dot my eyes. Cross my heart and hope that I. Yeah, that was cross my mind. I said that like a DJ. The word cross is said in every line except for the chorus. And I wanted to come up with the most like unintelligible, pointless meaning lyrics that I could find. As a homage to bands like Super Drag and The Merrymakers and... Uh, <laughs> Let me just uh, scroll here. <laughs> a scroll through my mind. Uh, bands like Velvet Crush and uh, The Well Wishers and The Sponge Tones and Ben Queller and like Super Drag and all those bands. Lyrics. You said Super Drag twice. I caught you. I got a real Ben Queller vibe of that track myself. <laughs> I got a real Red Cross vibe, yeah. Oh, nice. Okay, they're actually good, though. Yeah, they are. They have the You Better Stay Away From Downtown song. But yeah, that was one we'll finish later. You'll get your rent when you fix this damn door. <laughs> Yes, this is a <laughs> This is Pete's patent pending where um I just I just pitch ideas that uh, I under the guise of, of uh this <laughs> I can't even pitch the segment that I'm gonna pitch ideas in. Yeah. Uh, this is where I just pitch uh, bad product ideas that that you're all gonna laugh at once they do take off. <laughs> Can you reach into that bag there and reach it the little brown note? You laugh until they take off. Then you have the needless to say you have the last laugh. Well when I'm rolling in the Benjamins, I'm gonna be throwing no dogs, no bones. These are my ideas, and there's a bit of a backlog because I've had I've had time to kill. Here we go. First piece patent pending. Uh, kill Bill Star starts selling music equipment online at very competitive prices. Uma Thoman. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's actually pretty underground. The musos out there are going to get that one. Yeah, lads who like looking at gear on the internet. Yeah, you have to have exclusively bought gear in Europe to get yeah. that joke. Yeah. Ex-presidential candidate starts a math rock band. Al Gore rhythm. Very good. That's very good. Thank you. Uh, Middle Earth Anime Studio Gimli <laughs> Pretty good Okay oh, You didn't like that one That's fine I said pretty good Okay Popular Cavern Wedding Destination Takes on a malevolent Mythical creature From Puerto Rico <laughs> 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 It's 
try that again, folks. It's rewind time. The popular carven wedding destination uh, uses a malevolent mythical creature from Puerto Rico as its mascot, Chupacabra Castle. Nice, yeah. nice. Uh, a large stone gorilla rampages through an island off the coast of Greece uh, in a new instalment in the franchise, King Kong, Crete. <laughs> <laughs> Ghost sitcom, keeping up appearances. <laughs> Ancestor show for Alzheimer's patients. Who do I think I am? <laughs> And then I just have DJ J-Cloth. What? DJ J-Cloth. <laughs> He's the home care hero for stay-at-home parents and home-to-bed kids. <laughs> and uh, that concludes that for Pete's Patent Penny. What was your quote? You get your rent when you fix this damn door. Please. Good boy. That was Pete's Patent Pending. Pete's Patent Pending. We're kicking it into... What's another Spider-Man 3 quote that we like? Uh, what's the one where it's like if, if something was crackers oh that's Spider-Man 2 oh Spider-Man 2 okay. yeah if promises were fat my daughter would be, be crackers, crackers. <laughs> oh oh photography isn't about don't get me wrong flagpoles uh, it's more about composition lighting drama uh, this is work farce don't work smart don't work hard for the work farce for the work Yes, this is work farce uh, where I, Peter, as, as a diligent worker in Duns, detail uh, me being bad at my job. There's a chemical we use at work. It's not called aseptopol. I can't think of the name. But what we use it for is when we're finished cooking the chickens, we take the steel parts out of the oven. All the grease and the animal fat and the skin is like burnt onto this. It is hard baked onto this shit. But it's a hard on baked, <laughs> which is my, my stoner porn film. It's hardcore baked onto this steel. And you have to spray this highly corrosive chemical on it. Basically, what it does is it strips any organic matter off steel and then you put it in the sink and wash it off and it comes right off and it's incredibly potent as in like to ingest it is accepting fate the absolutely the gates yeah. of hell have closed behind you uh, so you have to wear like goggles that when you're spraying on the stuff the oven was done for the day and I went right okay great I'm going to take this off it's still boiling hot but I want, I want to be efficient and get this done as quickly as possible so I just like dismantled the oven brought all the bits in they were piping hot so I got big gloves on and brought them in started spraying this shit down as quick as I could and put a mountain of stuff on it to make sure it was mm. all gone and then the air started to get really like muggy in the room. It got like oh, really no. thick. I sort of started to feel a bit unwell. Closed the door and like left the room and went and said, oh, I think I did something wrong with the chemicals. I don't know what I did. My boss came down and was like, oh, if the stuff is still too hot coming out of the oven, it's sort of the chemical, the liquid in the chemical turns into a vapour and like just feeds into the air. Oh no. And, and becomes incredibly toxic to breathe. They had to take the window out of the door and feed a huge pipe in <laughs> to then pump the air out of the fucking thing. So oh, essentially, geez. I hotboxed the hygiene room in Duns. And nearly died. With a, with a noxious, deadly, lethal gas. The hole in the ozone layer is now open again after closing. We're friends. He's, I, call, <laughs> I call him the brozone layer. He's fucked. I have another one, but I won't go into that. I <laughs> In Duns, there's the shelf the, the where I'm in the deli section is refrigerator shelves. Yeah. They're like five high. There are five shelves on them. Yeah. How many? Five. Okay. A small one at the bottom that's quite mm. skinny, and they put like sausages and like flat stuff in there. Mm. Kind of juts out a bit under the floor, and then there's another one here. People at home can't see my hand signals. Hopefully, you've been in enough supermarkets to understand. It's quite a narrow gap in this bottom shelf, right? And I was tasked with cleaning the back of the shelf because there was a cardboard box that had gouty sausages in it. The red ink in the cardboard box had like ran down the side and it stained the whole back of it, all gathering at the bottom in this skinny shelf. I said, We want you to reach into the back and just clean that out. And I was like, Right, okay, Grant. So I got a bucket, I got a scouring pad, I got, you know, a cloth, all that sort of stuff, went with all my accoutrements. Tremont. I had to then, as I say, go into the small bit of the shelf. And I'll just, I'll demonstrate now the position I was in. Uh, so for those at home, I am in what you would call... Doggy style. Doggy style, yeah. yeah. Arse is in the air. He really is Elbows as well. bent. So the head like right in. Pressed up against the radiator in the room here. I realised then that I couldn't fully reach the back wall. Arms too short, small guy, didn't get 
the role of normal people. And I <laughs> could have been the number one search in Pornhub if things had gone slightly differently. That's another thing that really upset me is that one of the sex scenes in normal people was the number one search thing on Pornhub the day after it was put out. <laughs> that could have been me. That could have been my legacy. Yeah. That subject made it on to radio a couple of times by the way not even just normal people but the normal people porn hub search and I could have been the centre of a controversy surrounding my genitals yeah that's going to happen at some point but I'd rather be in charge of why it happened yeah anyway so it was there reaching into the back uh, and then realised I can't reach so I like shoulders head like into the shelf right to then reach in the back I was doing a great job I was like alright I'm committed to this I'm going to get this fucking cleaned off This that actually sounds like the start of a porn movie you know when like you get oh. stuck in the washing machine or something stepson I'm stuck yeah what are you doing get off I was just cleaning the shelf in my knickers <laughs> so anyway I was there like head and shoulders into this shelf clean at the back was finished and went to pull my head out and the hard cartilage of my ear caught on the back of the shelf full on like there's no way I'm getting out of that what head now entirely stuck in the bottom shelf as when I tried to pull my head out, top and bottom oh, of the shelf no. was totally catching in the back of my ears. Was then there going, right, okay, well, let's not, let's not panic. I'll keep cleaning. My boss came around and was like, just Peter, you're well in there. Good man, a bit of elbow grease. That's what we like to see. And I was going, yep, thanks. I was going, right, what the fuck am I going to do? How am I going to get out of this? So then I started to like knee shimmy along the floor, hoping that I could find like a break in the shelf to get my head out. And he came back around about five minutes later and said, you doing the whole shelf? I said, I might, I might as well do the whole shelf. Uh, just, <laughs> well, I'm sure I'm here now. Might as well get the whole shelf done, you know what I mean? Not, didn't have the heart to tell him that he was going to have to ring the fire brigade soon to cut me out because there was no way I was going to be able to get this. And only because of Dunn's unwillingness to maintain their shelves in a tidy fashion, I found a bit where the plastic was so shattered and broken, was able to then go, right, grand, at huge risk to my ears. Yeah, yeah. Get the fucking head out. I was wondering why you were lost in the ear. I don't have a lost ear. I've got headphones on. That's why I don't, you oh, can't see my ears. Sorry. This isn't an instance of me being incompetent at work. This is just a thing that came up at work. That, that's pretty incompetent. No, but no, that, that's not the thing I'm talking about. I'm moving on now to another oh, thing. Oh, right. up during work first, but it's generally just a personal interest story <laughs> now I need you to be truthful with me okay look at me in 16 years of friendship I have not asked for much in the way of brutal honesty okay 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 but I need it now I'm cashing in those chips now okay do I have a funny walk Jesus I do <laughs> not in my oh, no, fuck no, I do not, not in my opinion you've got a trademark walk oh fuck doesn't make me laugh <laughs> <laughs> Jesus fuck I'm not imagining your walk and going <laughs> We were, we were doing like a delivery thing at like two in the morning, right? Just shooting from the hip, slagging going on. It was just like anything goes. It was like, oh, you've got a smelly back. And someone <laughs> someone said like, oh, yeah, you and your fucking funny walk. And I was like, all right, grand, fair enough. Was, okay. Thought nothing of it. A few days later then, the mother of a colleague said, who's the lad you work with with the, the weird weird walk? That's when I got worried. Oh, shit. It's like a defining feature yeah. to a stranger. It really shook my perception of the self. Yeah. Like, that's who I am I'm a lad with a funny walk it's like you know people who a person who has a hat or glasses or a beard someone says go talk to him he's the, the, the fucking the guy with the hat yeah yeah but they can take them off they can get rid of them I can't go like I'll just take my walk off today so the conversation went as I say there was slagging at like 2 in the morning whatever the fuck it was and one of the lads just said like oh yeah well, fuck you and your silly walk and I said what and he said yeah your, your walk what about it? You don't find this sort of thing out when you're 24. <laughs> yeah. You find it out when you're 8 and you deal with it or 50 after a horrible accident. <laughs> yeah, you either have always had a funny walk or you have a funny walk now. What am I supposed to do with myself now? Like, I've, I've been on telly. I've walked in front of important people. <laughs> does Elton know? Well, it's not as if he doesn't have a funny walk, so... Does, does Bobby Geldof think you have a funny walk? I can never be sleek in motion. I'll never glide. I thought I was walking around like Connery and Dr. No, but it turned out I was walking around like Feldman and young fucking Frankenstein. <laughs> you are poetry in motion. Oh, fuck that, man. <laughs> I want to be on Conan. This time last year, I had a lot of things going for me. Yeah. Now, I don't even have a normal fucking walk. <laughs> a descriptive term used was waddle. 
<laughs> I'm a fucking waddler, apparently. I'm trying to imagine it now. I'm trying to imagine you walking all of them seeing you doing the fucking ministry silly walks or whatever. You said, like, oh, yeah, it's a trademark walk. The fact that it's noticeable at all is a <laughs> massive negative. It really fucked in my head. That's that's an unpleasant and dark place to be brought to. <laughs> I'm going to be watching you now, Pete. Like, you woke up that morning and you didn't know the day was going to end with you being told you had a funny walk by somebody. I've questioned the, my entire existence from the hip down. <laughs> never done that before all of it every bit of it man <laughs> is my ankle is my fucking flat feet what is it we all have you got flat feet ross no you don't have flat feet do you who are you talking to <laughs> you do have flat feet no i <laughs> don't no. See, ross is the most arched man i've ever seen fun fact for the, the listeners at home me and pete both have totally collapsed arches and completely flat feet yeah, we will never serve our country in war no no good to them no <laughs> nobody will <laughs> It would especially not us. If we uh, moved to America in 1974, we couldn't have been drafted into the Vietnam yeah. War. Asthma and flat feet, both of us. I'm more than my walk. People <laughs> need to see this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're going to be walking on the street. People like, are going to be shouting, going like, walk, boy. Fucking show us your fucking walk. Every other form of movement that I have brought into question as well. Is my silly walkness accelerated when I accelerate? Do I have a weird run? <laughs> Is my amble odd? Yeah, yeah. Is my, is my saunter silly? Have you tried crawling lately? Self-reflection, I never thought I'd get to where I was going. The geometry of my body is outwardly affecting people's perception of myself. Yeah. No, I don't like it. What was the quote going into this? Uh, damned or no? No, no, no. It was Pat and Pendy. Oh, no, you oh, said your Uncle Ben would look like he was sexy or something like that. <laughs> your Uncle Ben was sexy. <laughs> Your Uncle Ben had a big dick. Worse to that effect. I can't remember exactly what it was. It was, uh, photography's more about, uh, don't get me wrong, Lamppost. That's, uh, it. that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't there a quote about a pie? Yeah. How's the pie? So good. <laughs> that was work farce uh, and a horrible moment of self-reflection on my own part. What's an unused quote? Uh, the night your father died, I cleaned his wound. This is the acoustic corner. Ross Farley's This, this is Ross Farley's. This is NRK presents Ross Farley's acoustic corner. With a voice so soft, it'll Yeah, so Ross, why don't you tell us what song you decided to play today, totally of your own volition. I decided, on my own, to play You Kept Me Waiting. Waiting? Waiting. Waiting. Is there a G in it? That's your accent's problem, not mine. <laughs> there's, a, there's a G at the end. How long have you been waiting for this song to be on Spotify? Spotify? Literally been a fan of this song for 10 years. This song, folks, is from a film, a rock movie, rock and roll movie, made in 1974 called Stardust with like Keith Moon, Dave Edmonds, David Essex, Paul Nicholas, Larry Hagman, Marty Wilde, Adam Faith, a lot of lot of big players from the world of music and film back in the day. Yeah, it's a story of a fictional band called Jim McLean and the Stray Cats. Dave Edmonds, the, the, the hero of the room that he is, did the soundtrack on his own, played all the instruments by himself, did all the vocals by himself that the band in the movie plays. This is one of the band's original songs from the film. You couldn't get this on iTunes or Spotify or anything. Like I had a, a torrent of this. I remember you could only get the clip to show in the film, which is like yeah. a minute and ten seconds and there's talking over it. Yeah, and I like got like a rip in two thousand and ten I ripped the whole fucking soundtrack off some website. <laughs> <laughs> and had it on had it on an iPod back in the day. It was never on Spotify. As you say, Pete was saying that the YouTube video was poor. Yeah, you couldn't derive pleasure from just listening to this song. You had to watch the whole film, and it's an absolute belter. But literally last week, there was some housekeeping done on Dave Edmonds' Spotify page. 
several albums disappeared which freaked me out then reappeared which made me happy reappeared saying they were released in 2020 now among them was a new a new arrival uh, which was the 1974 Stardust soundtrack sessions featuring this song You Kept Me Waiting by Dave Edmonds as Jim McLean and the Stray Cats from the movie Stardust and the cover art for the 74 studio sessions is laughable it's <laughs> awful it's so horrendous looking it's the Rockfield logo from back in the day yeah but it looks like yeah, I don't like it <laughs> it looks like Ringo's MS Paint Adventures it looks like the follow up to Elephant yeah, it it's does. so it poorly does. done uh, Elephant foot sold for 4 million yes and <laughs> um, <laughs> I walk funny I yawn musically get used to it folks yeah. but this is myself Evan and Ross performing said track you kept me waiting just a little bit too long You kept me waiting just a little bit too long Remember how I tried to hold you I begged you to believe in me You should have listened when I told you Someday you'd be needing me You see, I'm gonna finish strong, but you, you kept me waiting just a little bit too long. Oh, you kept me waiting just a little bit too long. Well, every time that I explained it, the less I know you understood. I recall that you complained that I never turned out good But now that I am flying high You're sorry that you read me wrong But you, you kept me waiting just another bit too long Oh, you kept me waiting just a little bit too long Come to be, you singing me a different song, but you, you kept me waiting just a little bit too long. Oh, you kept me waiting just a little bit too long. Hey, you kept me waiting just a little bit too long. Just a little bit too long You kept me waiting just a little bit too long You kept me waiting just a little bit too long Yes, that was You Kept Me Waiting 
Yeah, I remember me and you have watched that film one time before it got bright in the morning. We started at six in the morning one day when I was staying over. Oh God, we did, yeah, yeah. Would have been like in November 2011 or something like that. Yeah, we got up at six. I haven't watched Stardust as a prequel called That'll Be The Day, yeah, which Ringo, Ringo was in. Was in yeah. We would watch that probably the night before, I'd say, and then got up at six o'clock in the morning in November when we were fucking 14 to watch the second film. Ringo oh. and Keith. Yeah, in the one movie. Just, we were wild teenagers. It was a wild time. It was nuts. Life moves so fast. Wet and wild. <laughs> Wet and wild. The Evan and Peter's stardust years. <laughs> that concludes Zen Arcade Presents. What was the quote going into this? Oh, yeah. The night your father died, I cleaned his wound. No doubt about it, your father died by his own hand. That was the acoustic corner. Acoustic corner. Uh, and then we move on to the final segment today called Have I Got Tunes for You, Baby? You knew this was coming, Peter. <laughs> oh, fantastic. We don't need another jingle. We have got, we've got one. I didn't know where I was going with that. But it's not the destination. It's the journey. I just looked up Spider-Man 3 quotes is there. Go on. And this one is like, table for two, Pecker, Parker. That's what I said, Pecker. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to do the scene? Right, you ready? Go for it. You do table for two. Table for two, is it Parker? Ah, yes, yes. Pecker. It's Parker. That's what they said. Pecker. Give us, an, give us another scene, you bitch. Um, give us some of that web action. What else did he say? <laughs> I protected you in high school, and now I'm going to kick, kick your, your ass. ass. Uh, they say that falling in love is wonderful. They said my voice didn't carry past the first row. No, I did. I was there. You were in, the, in first the first row. row. <laughs> it's all about the acoustics, reverberation. You don't mansplain. Yeah. One of his fucking powers is mansplaining. <laughs> Spider-mansplaining. And now we're going to move on to... I guess you could call me Joker. And as you can see, I'm a lot happier. This is Have I Got Tunes For You. Yes, this is Have I Got Tunes For You, who we just recommend an album we think you might like before the next episode. What are you laughing at now? So, Shazam! When Gwen Stacy gives him the key to the city, he swings in, <laughs> lands on the top, he high-fives him as he's coming in and goes, Shazam! Again, that brings up the whole question of why the fuck do they kiss? How does anybody know that they're going to kiss? Why is it a thing? Are we to assume Spider-Man 3 exists in a universe where Spider-Man 1 came out? Or is it a reference to Shrek? Yeah. Two amazing questions. We didn't get to answer them last time. Anyway, this is If I Get Tunes For You, who we recommend an album we think you might like uh, and we want you to listen to before you come back for the next episode. It actually doesn't matter. If you don't knock... There's no way of us finding out. <laughs> I think we're going to have the same one. How? Did you see mine? No. <laughs> the, I know an album you've listened to recently is one I've been listening to recently as well. I'm going to go first. So you'll be copying him. Yeah. I see how it is. I'm calling fib dibs on this bitch. My one was recommended to us in the live Zoom episode by a girl called Alison Dow. She recommended an album and she pitched it to us in a way that meant we couldn't not be intrigued. No, it was impossible. She said, it's like the Lemonheads and Jason and the Scorters and Costello all in the one band. I'm not going to lie. I kind of zoned out of the Zoom thing for about <laughs> 10 minutes after I locked up what <laughs> but I listened to it and it's absolutely fantastic it's amazing I did oh. tell Ev to listen to it I don't know if you did I haven't listened to it all I've listened to a lot of it some of it I, I forgot that I totally forgot to mention the name of the band they're called Scruffy the Cat and the album is called Moons of Jupiter 
the Capital Moonlight is a great track has a really good lovely riff Busting in Desire is great Beg, Borrow and Steal is a track I really really like Buck Naked is hilarious Buck Naked yeah <laughs> Buck Naked is a lot of fun where is what's the one you were talking about well I mean You Dirty Rat it's not on the album but it's by that band it's Scruffy <laughs> it's Scruffy I love it. it's the cat man everyone loves the cat <laughs> big cat fans Moons of Jupiter is a fantastic song comedy-ish kind of um, modern lovers-ish and then there's a song called Just Like Catty's Clown yes I mean we got all of that I could go Just Like Hey Jude. To do Run Run. Mm. I really like the artwork as well. It looks like a sort of a, a couch covering upholstery. Yes, it does. Yeah. yeah. And again, they do the thing the Buzzcocks do where they go, we get a photo of the band, put a light colour border around it, make it really small on the album cover, and then have it just like a design around it. The next acoustic corner might be a scruffy the cat, so. Yeah. Exciting. Uh, who's on next for Have I Got Tunes for You? I'll go since you thought I was going to have the same one. I'm interested to see what this is going to be now. Mine is. Bone uh, Saw is ready. <laughs> I watched a. Uh, uh, this isn't going to make it into the podcast. This awesome lad uh, reviewing the spider. Man PS4 game and at the end he, he gives it like a brilliant review and at the end he goes but no bone saw 2 out of 10 <laughs> <laughs> it's the thing of like a character actor or something like that just Spider-Man he's got like he got 3 minutes 3 minutes of play time he had 3 minutes of screen time yeah. and made the absolute fucking most of it he really did uh, anyway go on Ross Mine is Darklands. Oh, nice. The Jesus and Mary chain. Did I bring this up before? The chain obviously have been brought up before. Well, I mean, you probably it's probably been brought up, but I don't know if you as it as it, have I got chains probably not. No. Yeah, maybe. Just a fucking brilliant album of some would argue all the songs sound the same. And I do, and I love it. <laughs> you know, I think yeah, the songs are, it's all like two, three chord songs that are slow, mid-paced, chuggy chords, same sort of sentiment, same sort of meter and lyric content and all. It's all the exact same. Mm. But it's all done so well, you can't help but love it. And somehow feel good. Yes. I don't know how to do that. Every song could be a montage bit in a movie. Happy When It Rains is just... It's amazing. It's would amazing. you go as far as to say... It's just a great pop song. It is a great pop song. But it's like, it's like they are truly a great pop band. They are. Like when I got mad at them first, they'd been painted and presented to me as a band. It's like really hard to like, it's so hard edged and that. And then I mm. listened to it and went, this is probably some of the most accessible indie music I've ever heard in my life. And that's, and that's the reason I never listened to it as well. It's because everyone was like, it's hardcore, you know, man. It's yeah. not at all. It's really hard to get into, you know. It's like early 60s fucking brill building pop music played in a crusty way, which is like the best type of music. It's like a slower Ramones. Slamones. Mm. Not once throughout the making of the album did they go, should we have like a fast song? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all mid-paced. And again, April Skies is another brilliant one, but Happy When It Rains is an amazing, amazing song. It reminds me a bit of like the way in certain pulp songs where the music wouldn't like kick up a gear, but the vocals do. Yeah, yeah. And that gives it such a lift. Like when it, when I try so hard when he does that like yeah. the guitars don't ramp up at all but he ramps the vocals up up the octave up the octave up the yin yang <laughs> it feels like the whole song just explodes then I have realised that most of the music I listen to now is Scottish and Australian yeah yeah Hoodoo Gurus developed a, a, a Scotch Australian bias yeah Bell and Sebastian yeah and Hoodoo Gurus they're the only Australian band I like but they're also one of the only bands I listen to <laughs> you know very good shout Ross very good again lovely album cover. I think they nicked the album design from oh no they wouldn't have you know Primal Scream nicked the album design from their first album, I think, from Darklands as well. Mm. It's the same black background, red text, sort of unintelligible photo. Yeah. Bobby, like, I used to be in the band, I can do whatever I like. Bobby, fam- famously one of the most out-of-time clap dancer lads of all time, was also the drummer in the Jesus and Chain, <laughs> which is an awful lot about the like, standard of level of entry for that band. <laughs> it really does. Anyway, go on, F, what's your Have I Got Tunes? Uh, my Have I Got Tunes is, uh, I actually was going to recommend this in one of the live Zooms, but I uh, didn't have the sack for it, because I thought I would come across like a bit of a freak based on what everyone else was talking about. It was like, I want to fit in slightly a bit better than just be too weird. Um, Normie. This is um, the Kilburn the High Roads uh, album, their only album, Handsome, which was released in the mid-70s at some point. So if anybody knows who Ian Jury is... That's an insult to our listeners. 
I, well, you don't want to, I want to give everybody the wide birth benefit of the doubt. There might be some people born in 2011 listening who are like nine now. I wonder how young is the youngest person who listens to this? Three years younger than us, probably, at most. Safe to say, I think everyone that listens to this is legally an adult. Fair to say. Everyone's definitely over 18. They'd want to be. Yeah, there's a few F-bombs in here, so. The single solitary Kilburn of the High Roads album that came out, which is Ian Jury, who then went on to have great success with Ian Jury and the Blockheads. That he was in that band? Yeah, yeah. Shit. Who had, he had great success, you know, with Hit Me With Your Rhythm Stick and all that sort of stuff, got involved in the Stiff Records punk new wave scene. But before that, he was in this, like, weird, oddball, theatrical, pub rock, kind of art housey band, or whatever the fuck called uh, Kilburn and the High Roads. It's like a weird mishmash of, like, music hall, kind of surreal sort of songs. Rhythm and blues, would you believe? And get this, kids, some red-hot, honking sax-driven, teddy boy, 50s rock and roll. Absolutely love the album. I think it's really great and weird. Really conjures up that kind of weird, dingy, dark London pubs in the mid-70s, which, when most people think of London, they don't think of old men in coats in pubs while a band plays, like, 50s rock and roll. But I do. When I think of that, when I think of Angel, I think of, like... White Chapel without the threat of, yeah, m- of murder. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Nearly like London fucking fog. People wheeling wheelbarrows with fruit and veg stalls <laughs> and people going, moaning, stand it. Eating eel pies. Um, bangers and mash, fish and chips. Curries. Yeah, yeah. Sushi. But if you fancy a big old style cockney knees up in a pub, my old man's a dust man and all that sort of stuff <laughs> with like fucking crazy arty rock and roll. The Velvet Underground wish they were this arty. There, I said it. Yeah, I'm not fair. I think the Velvet Underground are spaz, man. If you listen to the first Guilty Hatreds, I defend them. You defend them, yeah. <laughs> I, I like them. I don't say they're not spaz. True. Yeah, fair enough. I wonder what a knees down would be like. Like a wake? Probably a cockney wake, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing a Cockney grieve. So yeah, if you wanna if you wanna imagine uh, an endless parade of uh, Dick Van Dykes and Mary Poppins crashing into like Andy Warhol Studio Fifty Four, is that the thing? Weird arty people. Probably listen to Handsome, the only album by Kilburn and the High Roads, Ian Jury's first band. The back of which, as well, has a picture of a guy doing a pose. The photo is called Paul Hangs Loose. <laughs> the pose was adopted by Madness and turned into the Naughty Train. Ah, that's cool. So anybody who listens to Madness, you'll see a lot of Madness influence. Oh, yeah. They love them. Holy Jesus. If you like, if you like Madness or Reckless Eric or know who those people are, you will see why they happened because this is the album that made them happen. That's that for Have I Got Tunes for You. Uh, what Spider-Man's three quote would we end on? What was the quote going into this one? Oh, I just did a joke one to fuck everybody over. Oh, that's right, okay. Jack. Jack is dead, my friend. No, the, the quote that you did. I know, but I was going to do the full one. But you can call me Joker. And as you can see, I'm a lot happier. And he fucking empties the clip into Jack Palance. Uh, nice. Let's do it, but I'm going to put Spider-Man context over it. Alright, okay. You ready? One, two, three. Jack. Norman. Jack Norman. is dead, my friend. You can call me Goblin. Joker. That was Have I Got Tunes For You. And with that, that concludes... Too many that's. And that concludes this episode of Higher Fidelity. No, we'd rather wrap it up, folks. <laughs> Again, sorry for the gap in uploads and all this sort of stuff. We're back in business, baby, in the big time. Booyah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're back. So it'll be every month from now on. Uh, we're planning on having a few guests coming in now as well. Again, do keep in touch with bits that you liked or not. Oh, I'm so not committed to this. <laughs> yeah, this has been Pete. This has been Ross. This has been Evan. Oh, great. We're back to that again. Uh, reminding you to be rooting. Be tooting. Always be shooting. Reduced instruction said compute. And that's a throwback to the live episodes no one's ever going to know. Reminding you to... Be... Kind. <laughs> Most importantly, be kind. Rewind. At the top of your feet, it's the last-